0: I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head. A safe place to hide a hurting heart. A gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I'm sitting here in my big, comfortable, black, leather papa chair in my living room and i 'm looking at uh, my smiling self in the full length mirror across the room it 's a little bit different because usually when i 'm looking in the mirror it 's you know just kind of a glance while i 'm shaving or combing my hair or doing something like that and I, I used to look in the mirror while I was tying my tie, but I very seldom tie a tie anymore thankfully, suits and ties are mostly in my past. I think I look so much better these days dressed casually in my Pierre Cardin gold lamé loincloth with the matching Land's End purple ostrich feather. Uh, My lady wonder wench says that the the glitter on the eyelids is a little uptown, so I only wear that to meetings with clients. (laughs) can't stand ties. Dumb things. But I found an interesting thing. If you stare into a full-length mirror long enough, it starts working like a crystal ball that's running backwards. And that'll make you stand up straighter and suck your belly in. And and that starts the projector going on a, a, a memory movie. Most of my memory movies have happy endings. One of them starts out with a shot of Dick the College Kid Summer standing in the lobby of the RCA building in New York, greeting visitors to the NBC radio and TV studios. Is nbc page uniform pressed and neat but standing on a marble floor eight hours a day however he is a college kid so he can take it and still keep a smile on his face and the soundtrack of that memory movie goes something like this good afternoon mr steve allen uh, good evening mr chad huntley And then, of course, there was the occasional, sorry, sir, you need an NBC pass to use that elevator. That uh, last comment was about the extent of security at NBC back in those days. Okay, so then fade to black and come up on uh, the next shot in the memory movie. And we've uh, run forward a few years. And and you zoom in on the face in my full-length mirror, but a young and excited, trying-to-look nonchalant kind of face, you know walking into that same lobby and the college kid at the Velvet Rope that night says, Good evening, Mr. Dick Summer. Music would come in right about there in the movie chasing a chill that still runs up my spine when I think about it. Well, that was someday. Actually, it was in the evening. It doesn't matter. Eventually, while I was on the air at WNBC in New York, the college kid at the velvet rope in the lobby was joined by members of the crack NBC security system at night. Uh, these were not exactly Navy SEAL type guards. Mostly, they were guys from Brooklyn, Queens, or Staten Island, and you know they're just working for some extra bucks to pay the rent or send a kid to college. Nice, hardworking New York kind of guys usually kind of tired after their day jobs, but uh, not the kind of highly trained, motivated killers you'd want on radio alert to defend with their lives whoever was upstairs working the overnight hours on radio or TV. As a matter of fact, it sometimes seemed like their main function was to stop my lady wonder wench or any of my other family members or friends from coming up to the second floor radio studio without permission from the guy on the air, which was me. And security was far from airtight, however. One morning at around 4.30 a.m., I will never forget, I had the feeling that somebody was watching. You ever get that feeling somebody's watching you? And I looked up, and, and sure enough, there was this guy standing outside the studio glass where the tours go during the day. And he was watching my engineer, Vic Lombardo, and me do the show. Actually, we were eating our lunch during a tape playback of a previous night's show, which is what usually happened most nights from 4 to 5 a.m., but I'm pretty sure we looked like we were working because between 4 and 5 a.m. there's very little difference between how guys look when they're working and when they're eating lunch anyway. So let's not argue about it. Anyway, I didn't think it was too strange a thing because the Tom Snyder show offices were just down the hall. And I figured it was probably just some staff guy working late. But a few minutes later, this guy walks slowly into the studio which seriously disrupted my enjoyment of my ham and Swiss on rye and Vic's cold coffee and Playboy magazine. But instantly, my finely honed NBC page training kicked in, and I said, ''Sorry, sir, but you can't come in here without an NBC pass.'' <laughs> so I recall Vic uh, not having the benefit of that same sophisticated training was a little bit more New York blunt. I think he said something like, ''Yeah, what do you want?'' <laughs> Anyway, the the guy's eyes got wide, and he started to shake. And he said, please don't tell the doctors I'm here. Well, we didn't inform the doctors, but Vic took him by one arm, and I took him by the other, and we put him back on the elevator, hit lobby, and went back to the studio and locked the door so we could finish our lunch. But some people never seemed to have any trouble getting past security. And they were a group of young women that I came to call the Midtown Manhattan Ladies. As those of you who are familiar with Manhattan probably know, the NBC studios are right in the middle of just about everything in Manhattan, right across from uh, Radio City Music Hall, only a block or so away from the best clubs in town, you know, right there. And uh, some of the young ladies who worked at those clubs would often uh, seek refuge and perhaps some other human solace after work in some other open all-night venues like the NBC studios. As I said, the security guards weren't exactly ex-Navy SEALs. They were mostly tired New York guys who figured that there'd be nothing like a middle-of-the-night visit from one of those scantily clad maidens to wake up the guys upstairs on the overnight shift. And they were right. You may notice my extreme care in talking to you about things due to the Lady wonder wench factor, among other considerations. But suffice it to say that it was not unusual for a lady in a raincoat, a smile, and little else, to slip past security and find her way up to the studios. I was, of course, delighted. As a matter of fact, I'll never forget the first time one showed up was very pretty, she was slim, she had long dark hair, soft gravelly voice, probably around 27 years old, and she walked over to where I was sitting, and she smiled, and she reached down to give me a kiss on the cheek, and she was telling me how she always listens to my show every night, and I'm just wonderful, and just as she did, one of her several charms became stunningly obvious as it slipped out from under her only half-buttoned raincoat. Now... Here's where it gets weird. The usual hormones came blasting into my brain at exactly the same time as a picture of My Lady wonder wench popped up. Now, I don't think there's any particular reason to have to describe the hormones, but the picture of My Lady wonder Wonderwench deserves a description. It was this little picture that popped right up. She wasn't angry. She was just, she was just hurt. Like I'd never, ever seen her hurt. Just like this instant picture. But it absolutely canceled out the hormones. And they immediately stopped sending signals to the hands to which they were attached. As a matter of fact, it was was a really sharp slap on the side of the head. And from then on, incredibly, for me, I started treating the midtown Manhattan ladies really more politely than passionately. Now, I like ladies, especially lustful, half-clad ladies in the middle of the night. And it wasn't. this was not a matter of being faithful to my Lady Wonderwench or, or, you know, not even a matter of afraid being caught or afraid of sinning or none of that stuff. It was just a, a simple, straightforward shot to the gut that I have never forgotten. I just don't ever want to see Lady Wonderwench hurt like that. Not ever. Never thought it would happen to me. So there it is. The, uh, it's a real-life memory movie. It's like one of those old black-and-white movies with people like Lauren Bacall and Ingrid Bergman and Cary Grant, I guess, you know. It's a story that's been told over and over and over again, the story of the ladies who come and go in the lives of guys who work in the night. There's a story like that in the Night Connections 2 personal audio CD. It's called The Piano Man. You did fine tonight. A little bit nervous at first. But as soon as you started to play, you were as good as you were a year ago when you met her. She was in her 40s, fashion designer from New York. She was very much out of place in the dive that you were playing. You went over to talk to her between sets. She said she liked jazz, and her foot played its way up your leg under the table. She leaned over and looked you right in both eyes and gave you a very slow smile, the kind that showed just the tips of her teeth. She was beautiful, expensive very ready. You were 25, broke, a little bit cautious. The last year had taught you some of the hard facts about money and broken hearts and divorce. She got up smoothly, said something about the ladies' room, slipped out of her high heels, handed them to you, and nyloned her way into the dark by the bar. You smiled and put her shoes on the piano right next to the tip glass when you started the next set. And every woman who came up to make a request noticed them and smiled. A couple of the guys folded twenties into the toes and gave you a go-for-it look. Halfway into the set, she came back to the table, sat down, saw her shoes, smiled, and crossed her legs. She wasn't wearing nylons anymore. She took you to her place after the gig. You made love for two days without stopping. Then she took you to Paris and Rio and Japan. And all the next year was full of silk and sex and champagne. She took care of the bills and saw to it that your wallet was never empty. She even paid your health insurance. All she wanted in return was to be a part of a couple with you. She also wanted sex strictly on her schedule. And every minute of your attention... And when you told her you were beginning to miss playing piano last week, she said that just wasn't part of the plan. You left a door pass for her. She didn't show up. You really didn't expect her to. So you just dedicated your first tune to her in your hit tonight. Lovely old masterpiece. It's called, I'll Never Forget You. story, and he said, hey, girls don't wear nylons anymore. Well, this girl did, and then she didn't. Let me tell you, slipping them off generated enough electricity to light that piano player's fuse pretty good. That's called the Piano Man. It's from the personal audio CD called Night Connections 2. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com. Download it from the Night Connections 2 icon on the opening page. Dick's Details, a bunch of totally unimportant stuff for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that's hurting your self-image out your other ear. And you can nod off comfortably to sleep. Over the course of her lifetime, a dairy cow will produce 100,000 glasses of milk for the farmer, who not once says, I love you, while pulling on the poor lady's otter. If the answer is cut off his allowance, what is the question? If the answer is cut off his allowance, what is the question? You don't know, do you? Of course not. I haven't told you yet. I'll tell you in a few moments. If the answer is cut off his allowance, what is the question? The top two lemon producers in the United States are supposedly California and Arizona. I would say, from personal experience, that Detroit produces a few lemons too, wouldn't you? Too much coffee can lead to a rapidly beating heart. So, could a middle-of-the-night visit from a Catherine Zeta-Jones look-alike lead to a rapidly beating heart, and I think that might be more fun. You know, everybody says, I love animals. So, if everybody loves animals, why do some people call animals pets and other people call animals dinner, huh? Okay. If the answer is, cut off his allowance, the question is, how can you recapture your youth? Cut off his allowance. (laughs) Some very angry ladies feel a more enthusiastic, physical cutting of a youth might be more fun. Dick's tales they take your mind off your mind. Little housekeeping here. If you like these podcasts or my spoken word story CDs at DickSummer.com or my book, Staying Happy, Healthy and Hot, available at Amazon.com, shameless plug. If you like them, would you please tell a couple of friends because they might like them too. And of course, you would be doing me a favor. So, thank you very much. So, on the outside chance that one of those Midtown Manhattan ladies might be listening, a couple of comments here, all right? No, I am not gay. Yes, you are absolutely stunning. And I was fascinated and delighted to see you. As a matter of fact, almost all of you, for that matter. And uh, no, I will never forget you. But it was just, it was the wrong time and the wrong place in my life. For anything more than simply remembering you. Because ever since I met her, my life has been just all full of my Lady Wonder And you know, the smile on the face of the guy looking back at me in the mirror is a, is a little bit less uh, than that Midtown Manhattan look that I used to have. But you know what? I kind of like it. is